I've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious fund managers around. And now I've decided to take the plunge and start my own fund. The real question is, how will I do it? With no investors and without an Ivy League degree, this podcast is going to give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we start and build multi-million dollar investment funds. I'm Bridger Pennington, and this is Investment Fund Secrets. What's up, guys? In this episode, we're going to talk about private equity trends. What's happening in the market? What's happening like over the past decade? How are things changing? What's going on? This is the first time we've done a video like this. I uh, hope you guys like it. All right, so throughout this video, I'm gonna be bringing up several different graphs. They're from PitchBook. It's a database that we described to. It's an awesome database, has information on private equity, venture capital, uh, hedge funds, real estate, anything in the alternatives landscape, we use it quite a bit. First and foremost, maybe I'll just share a little statistic with you guys. 10,000 baby boomers retire every day. So this is just kind of my personal input on the private equity landscape before I get into some actual stats. But I just think there's this massive trend transfer of wealth that's taking place, especially in the US right now, from you know these older generations to the newer ones. A lot of these are mom and pop businesses, and they either need to hand it off to a kid or somebody else, a predecessor, or it either needs to be sold or it's going to go out of business. And I think there's going to be uh, some pretty hot activity over the coming decade that supports these claims. But yeah, let's, let's get into some actual statistics that PitchBook gave us. So this first graph that you see up here on the screen, 2021 PE deal activity. It's in billions of dollars. Over the past decade, we've just seen this steady climb. Obviously a dip in 2020. I think that could be mainly just because of, you know, obviously COVID related issues of why we saw a dip but things got right back to business in 2021. This is a graph about exits over the years. So, you know, a steady growth, a pretty hot climb in 2020, as well as in 2021, an astronomical climb. One reason why this might be happening, just a piece of the puzzle, is that we just have these inflated prices on everything. So not due to inflation, I think that, you know, I think this is comparable to real estate, both private equity and real estate are cash flowing assets. And I think they're valued the same a lot of the time. You know, real estate, we've seen this massive spike, cap rate compression, um, but the spike in prices. And I think it's just people are starving for yield. Low interest rates, you know, cash is king and cash flow is king in, in those types of environments. This yield, right? Investors are starving for yield, which, uh, you know, bolsters these enterprise values of these companies. So uh, more people are selling, getting them off. I just, you're, we're seeing a lot of volume right now. And I think that's going to only continue. This is an interesting graph. Uh, this kind of breaks down the deal value by sector. So you can kind of see that IT has definitely surged over the past couple of years. It's always been strong, but you know, especially the increase in consumer product services instead of business product services has been going up. You know, this uh, B2C market is, you know, constantly growing and we don't live in just a B2B world anymore. Um, so yeah, in, I think interesting things happening across the landscape there. So this next, next graph I also thought was interesting. So this is a graph showing how long private equity companies have, uh, you know, held their deals. And I think you'll see there's this common trend, at least starting, you know, back from 2013 or 2016 to present that it's been trend, trending downward. I'm looking at the bottom section, zero to three years holding period. Uh, it's slowly been decreasing. This means that private equity firms are holding their portfolio companies longer. Why? I don't know. I think there are, you know, a lot of private companies are electing to stay private longer. 
Um, you know, years ago, people just wanted to get to the public markets as fast as possible because that's where all the money was. It, honestly, there's a ton of private capital today. And I don't think there's that need to, to go public as quick as possible. And I think private equity firms aren't as anxious for the quick exit, but the most profitable exit. So yeah, you can kind of see trends there of holding period is, is going up and I think it'll it'll probably stay that way from you know three to five years. All right, so this next graph is really interesting. Um, this is talking about U.S. SPACs. Um, so you know a lot of people thought that uh, SPACs uh, just came out of nowhere, but as you can see in this graph, they've been around for a while. Um, and you know if you, if you go back even further, you know it's pretty constant. You know five to ten to fifteen deals maybe a quarter, um, but you know, all of a sudden this eruption, uh, late 2020, early 2021, and it left almost as quickly as it came due to, you know, kind of the regulatory hammer coming down, the javel coming down and saying, hey, uh, look, you can't, this isn't the wild west, we're gonna be regulating this, uh, you have to require more financial statements. I still think that, I, like me personally, I'm very bullish on the, the SPAC market. I think obviously a crazy growth in Q1 of 2021, that wasn't justified, but I think we'll continually see a, a solid amount of SPACs emerging every quarter from here out. I also thought this was a fun graph, PE fundraising activity. So, you know, over the past decade, uh, the late teens, um, you know, dollars and deal count, so fund count, um, have been going up. Um, 2020 comes, we see a drop. 2021 comes, we even see a further drop. So you'll see that, um, a lower number of funds are raising capital, but for higher amounts. I think that the spread between the two is only likely to increase. Um, you know, we're seeing these these funds that are launching these behemoth-sized funds, right? They're not so small anymore, but they're massive amounts of capital. Um, I think if you compare this graph to the next one I'll show you, it's, it's actually very telling. Uh, this next graph shows PE fundraising activity for funds under 200 million. So obviously you see even more of a dramatic drop for emerging funds. And I think that tells you a little bit about the last one, um, that not as many funds under 200 million were raising capital in 2020 and 2021. And I'll give you a little logic behind this. I think that you know, obviously funds that were already established and, you know, like your Blackstones, um, your Blackrocks, like they they don't have any problem raising capital. And, you know, it's, it's just fine to launch a new fund. These emerging funds, normally a new fund is gonna launch with less than 200. 200 is probably like, if you, if you launch your first fund more than 200 million, that's pretty crazy. Usually it's between 50 to max 250 million. So I think a lot of those were new funds. And to launch a new fund, you know, during the pandemic would be pretty tough considering that like, it's not easy for people to just write these massive checks. Like they wanna meet you, they wanna come out to your office, they want you to come out to theirs, they wanna meet you in person, they wanna do all their due diligence um, on site and you know, really just vet everything about uh, who you are, especially institutional allocators. So I think that could be a reason. So we may see an increase here for those that have been waiting throughout the pandemic to launch, uh, you know, kind of post COVID. You know, it's an interesting thing to, to be aware of that funds are getting larger and the number of funds is decreasing. So another thing to be aware of is when you're an allocator, you know, you are looking at these funds uh, based on vintage year. 
So vintage year is just the year that you launched fund. And the reason why is they're not only are they worried about, you know, asset diversification and geographical um, diversification, but they're also interested in, you know, time diversification. Think about it this way. Like if I launched a fund last year and then the markets dropped tomorrow, I probably have a lot more dry powder. So capital ready to deploy. Um, like right now, if I launch, if, I, if my vintage year was 2020, right? I've still got all this capital that I probably haven't deployed yet. But if I'm a 2021 vintage fund and I haven't launched yet or a 2022, then I probably didn't get in at this deflated, you know, asset prices. But then alternatively, the funds that launched a few years earlier that have already allocated, then their values just drop. So people are, you know, allocators are constantly looking at all these different metrics and analyzing them side by side. Some terminology education there for you guys. But yeah, those were just, uh, those were some of my favorite graphs that I saw as, as I was reading through the pitch book report. Um, I'm very curious to see your guys' thoughts or your rationale behind these things. Let me know what you thought and uh, hopefully we'll do more videos like this um, in other verticals soon. So talk to you guys then. here i have four free and simple ways i can further help you to scale your business or fund number one i have a youtube channel with actually i don't to toot my own horn i think it's decent content on there go check it out bridger pennington is a youtube channel we go very deep on funds number two i have a one hour free training at investmentfundsecrets.com we go very deep into how to actually start and scale your very own fund from ground zero number three you can join our free private Facebook group of like-minded people like me and you that go out and launch and scale funds. I go live in there once a week. The name of the group is Investment Fund Secrets. And then number four, finally, I have a free PDF guide on how to actually launch and scale your fund. If you go to investmentfundsecrets.com slash guide, you can download that guide. Now, finally, people always ask me, Bridger, can you help me one-on-one? -on -one? Can we work together? Yes, I don't want to talk about that in here. But if you want to learn more, message me, Bridger at investmentfundsecrets.com or just DM me on Instagram. Thank you guys, and I'll see you in the next episode.